the gladiator mentality and people look at us like, oh, okay, really? Or, yeah, really. Welcome in Diamond Envy Podcast and wow, I am fired up on this Monday morning and I'm fired up for three reasons. Reason number one, Jordy Ball. Reason number two, Hope Trout Wine. Reason number three, yeah, you probably guessed it, Nicole May. I'm absolutely fired up about this OU pitching staff right now after what they accomplished over the weekend. Five games, only one run given up, and actually that run was unearned. So you could say that this pitching staff statistically was about as close to perfect as you can ask for. And in fact, when we talk about perfection, let's talk about the opening game of the season. Jordy Ball, Hope Troutwine, Nicole May, they were perfection. First game of the year, they come out for a perfect game, a shutout win. Uh, what a weekend by this pitching staff, by this offense, by the defense. Number one, look like number one this weekend in California. So so let's get immediately into what the biggest story, not only with OU, but I think the biggest story in college softball, what that is coming out of this weekend, and it has to be Jordy Ball, right? Uh, The entire country was looking at OU and UCLA on Saturday. I wish more people would have been able to look at it uh, via an ESPN platform, but that's okay. Credit to Flow Softball for at least giving us some sort of access for a top three matchup. So, yeah, Jordy Ball's got to be the biggest story in the entire sport coming out of this weekend. OU versus UCLA, in my opinion, the two best programs going on right now, 14Ks, One run, of course, that was the only run of the weekend, and that run was unearned. Jordy Ball had the most strikeouts by a true freshman since Kalani Ricketts way back in 2010 against Texas A&M. She is fantastic, but what I love the most is just the confidence that she displays. Like we talked about in the first episode, we know that she has all the physical tools. Is she ready mentally to compete with the best and the best in college softball. Well, I, judging by her second start, I, I think that she probably is. I mean, she carved up UCLA hitters the entire night, kept them off balance, and all the while she was bouncing around, having a good time. You, you could tell that she does not lack for confidence. She's extremely confident when she's out there in the circle. Now, the illegal pitches were also a big storyline from this OU-UCLA game, but let me throw this out at you. Um, I think that that is something that's going to be fixed moving forward with her. Like, I, I have full confidence in the staff that that will be resolved. But maybe, in a way, that makes her performance against UCLA all the more impressive. Because you're playing out on the West Coast in California against UCLA. You've got the illegal pitches. UCLA didn't have a whole lot of reasons for any sort of momentum on Saturday night. And the illegal pitches, you would think, for the most part, it would throw off a true freshman making her second start. I I didn't see that. Did Did anyone else see the illegal pitches really throwing her off her game? No. I mean, that is something that she had to deal with in probably the best team that she's ever faced before, and it didn't really look like it was a factor. Going back to the inaugural episode, the season preview, is, look, and it's really early in the season. There are only five games in, and I understand that. But I don't think that this pitching staff is a weakness. Like I think that this weekend showed you that 
yeah, I, I think that they are, if they're not a strength right now, and I'd argue that they are, that they are going to turn into a strength with this softball team. So, unanimously, everyone had OU as the number one team in the country. I'd be interested coming out of this weekend and seeing what OU did with Jordy Ball, with Hope Troutwine, with Nicole May, if people are even more confident in OU repeating as national champions this this coming year. Um, I, I, I do. Again, like, I'm not so naive to believe that she's not going to face some adversity. Jordy Ball will face adversity at some point this year. Now, it's maybe hard to really believe that when she strikes out 14 UCLA hitters. And again, I think that she's probably the biggest story in all of college softball coming out of this weekend. But she's still a true freshman. She will face some adversity. That doesn't mean that she's going to give up, you know, four runs per game once conference play starts. That's not what that means. She can be considered one of the best pitchers in the game this year. No doubt about it. But she will face some adversity. I'm sure Hope Troutwine will face some adversity. I think Nicole May will face some adversity. And that's okay. That could really benefit this team. Um, As they move forward, we saw last year's team face some adversity in the circle in the postseason. And then you had G. Juarez kind of step up to things. And and she was one of the main reasons why they were able to win a national championship. So I am, as you can imagine... Super optimistic about this team moving forward. I, I loved, love, love, loved what you got from Ball, Troutwine, and May. Offensively, how about that for a start, right? T.R.A. Jennings, first at-bat of the year, see ya, over the wall. And she was incredible in California. Four home runs over the weekend, um, consistently getting on base, we talk about so many hitters in this order, and we will continue to do so. But T.R.A. Jennings, I think she probably shined the most out of a lineup that's as you know potent as any in all of college softball. She was great. Jocelyn Allo gives you a couple of home runs over the weekend, one being a grand slam in the season opener. Uh, Jada Coleman, nice inside the park home run on Sunday. Lou Donahue gets her first uh, home run of the year, so... Love that this offense was able to show power. Love that this offense was, in my mind, really good in two-out situations. It definitely seemed like they had times with two outs uh, where they were coming through and, and getting girls home. So, so that was really good to see. But all in all, and I'm sure Patty Gasso would tell you that there are definitely some things that this team needs to get better at, and I would believe her in that. But I think all in all, a pretty successful 5-0 and weekend, especially when you're talking about playing five games in four days, and three of those are run rolls. So it was a good weekend. This team will still be ranked number one when it goes to Houston coming up this weekend. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that because you talk about what five games in four days. They got back-to-back days of doubleheaders down in Houston, Texas. And I'll be interested to see if this staff can replicate what it was able to do in California, right? Because that's the next step. Like, they showed us. They showed us the true potential. It can be one of the best staffs in all of college softball this year. But here's the key now. You've got to replicate it. All right, you had a great weekend against UCLA and some other teams out in the West Coast. That's great. But can you do it again this weekend against teams like Houston and McNeese State? 
That's what this team needs, consistency, game in, game out, series in. I mean, all that, and I'm sure that that's what Patty Gasso is preaching to this team right now. All right, let's get to our interview for today. Um, This was awesome. I was already excited about it when she agreed to come on the show, but DJ Sanchez, you'll remember her as DJ Mathis from her time in the circle. I was really excited to talk to her about Jordy Ball after what she accomplished Saturday night. But after talking to DJ, it was like, wow. And not that it surprised me, like her, you know, vast knowledge of the game. I mean, she's coached it at the collegiate level in a couple of different spots. She's played at the highest level. She was one of the more accomplished pitchers that OU's had in recent memory. But she just, I I don't know, she was great in this interview and DJ has even agreed to come on in future episodes, which I, I cannot wait for. I, I love be able to talk pitching with DJ Sanchez, and uh, I'm a really excited to bring you this interview. Here's DJ Sanchez as we talk about Jordy Ball, Hope Troutwine, Nicole May, and the rest of these Sooners. Hope you enjoy. I'm so excited about this guest because I don't think that there could be a better guest after what happened this weekend. DJ Sanchez, you know her as DJ Mathis during her time at OU. 06 to 09, she was in Norman. One of the most accomplished and decorated pitchers in OU history. And now she's a pretty awesome broadcaster as well. DJ, last night, Jordy Ball was fantastic. 14 strikeouts. What did you think about the true freshman's performance in just her second collegiate start? Yeah, you know, I think there were there was so much anticipation for last night's game, um, partly because of the OU UCLA matchup, obviously, but also too to see how the freshman was going to handle that stage going in against UCLA, neutral ground, but probably leaning more toward UCLA ground in that area. Um, but seeing how she was going to handle it, and she went out and not only did she deliver, I mean, she put together a performance that made you forget that she was a freshman. Her body, I'm big on body language, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a difference in, you know, pitching in high school, pitching in travel ball, but then your second start ever, you see UCLA on the other side. Mm -hmm. And I'd make an argument that if we want to talk about the two best programs in the sport right now, it's probably OU and UCLA. So just from that, like the physical tools, it's clear that she has it. Mm -hmm. But I guess, DJ, what I was most impressed with is just mentally – her second ever start out on the West Coast, not at home or anything with her home fans there. She stares at the other side and sees UCLA and has one of the better pitching performances that we've maybe seen in a while. I don't, I don't know if you took that away for not, but that was that was a big thing for me. And just she's not going to be a star someday. I think that she's ready to be one maybe right now. No question. And again, I think one of the biggest unknowns walking into this weekend and walking into the season, I've gotten this question a lot. Or is OU going to repeat? How good are they going to be? And I think the biggest question has been, what is the circle going to look like? Yeah. You know, we all knew how talented Jordy Ball was coming out of Nebraska, the things that she did in travel ball, the things she did in high school ball. I mean, she was the name and has been the name in that region since she was in middle school. And to come here and get that start like she did yesterday on that stage, you don't know what's going to come out. Everyone knows the talent is there. Coach Gasso has talked about how talented she is from, from the day that she signed. Um, But when you're thrown into the fire like that as a freshman, you don't know how freshmen are going to react. Um, Usually, I mean, I'm going to be honest, you watch a freshman go in and 
take their lumps a little bit, especially yeah. week weekend one. Um, you expect to see good, but you don't expect to see seasoned like that. She looked seasoned in the body language. And you mentioned that already, Tyler, of just seeing how she was bouncing around and kind of almost waving. She'd strike people out. I saw a, a frozen K yesterday um, in the game, and she is just waving those UCLA players off the field. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she just absolutely is taking charge. It's really something to see, especially, again, we're, that was her first complete game as a freshman. We're only four games in. We're really early in the season. But, yeah, you're getting the question that everyone's asking right now, and what I'm probably going to ask here in a few minutes could this team be the best of all time? And if there was a question going into the year, well, let's see how they replace G. Juarez. Let's see how they replace Shane and Sale. That's the big question. Is it too early to say through four games and after that performance last night and the fact that Hope Troutwine's been so good and Nicole Mays looked good as well, is it fair to already say that it's not a question mark? In fact, it's actually a strength with this team, or do we need to see more develop? You know – there's so much returning from that national championship team of last year. You have the veterans in Jocelyn Allo and Lindsay Elam and Jana Johns. I mean, the list goes on and on. And then you have this group of sophomores with T.R.A. Jennings and Jada Coleman and all of these sophomores who are coming back. That lineup, I mean, I've looked at the, the box scores and the lineups from the first four games and that offensive lineup and that defensive lineup is almost identical to what we saw roll out there in the national championship game. Mm-hmm. Um offensively, I don't think that there's any question that this is going to be a continuation of last year. And and looking at some of the comparisons of, is this the best OU team? Not just OU team. Is this one of the best offensive teams that we've ever seen put together? And I think I, I think that all they have done is prove that time and time and time again. We're still only four games in. Um, I have no question that this team is going to be a force to be reckoned with. I think it's it's hard to say, oh, this is the best team we've ever seen um, four games into the season. It's still February, but uh, they're making a statement with what they're doing this weekend. And I think last night against UCLA and the way that they handled UCLA um, in the circle offensively, everything that they did, um, it's going to be interesting. I think everyone talking about the hype of this team, they're living up to it so far. You know, I don't know if you know this or not, but last night's performance by Jordy Ball, there's actually a small connection towards you last night's performance. So she had the most strikeouts by a true freshman since Kalani Ricketts struck out 15 against A&M in 2010. You were on the staff then. So you're probably the perfect person to ask this because we talk about Jordy Ball bouncing around. She's got supreme Mm -hmm. confidence. she's She's got it all but you kind of don't know what you don't know as a true freshman. How did you handle Kalani after that big performance as a freshman? How would you handle Jordy Ball moving forward saying, hey, you're really good, you've got it all, but don't think just after your second career start, maybe you have this whole thing figured out and you're not going to face any adversity. Yeah, you know, watching Kalani, and I actually, that's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking about that this morning. Um, Watching what Jordan Ball did yesterday and being so fortunate to be a part of that staff when Kalani was a freshman and watching what she did. And I would be a liar if I sat here and said that Kalani just walked in and set the world on fire. Um, She obviously was such an unbelievable talent and still is an unbelievable talent and has done unbelievable things for our game. But 
I watched her take her lumps at times as a freshman. And at the time, she was one of the best in the country, not just one of the best freshmen. She was one of the best pitchers in the country. And to watch her, it was an evolution for Kalani. And she didn't just walk into OU as Kalani Ricketts. She walked in and there were times that she got knocked around a little bit as a freshman. And she had to, to understand what came with that power that she had and the velocity that she had, that she wasn't able just to blow the ball by people all the time. She had to um, evolve. And we saw it when in the way that she changed pitches, the way that she changed speeds and learned how to hit spots. Um, Kalani didn't walk out as this big, superimposing, confident figure um, from what I remember um, as a freshman. And she evolved into that. Watching some of the clips from last night and watching Jory Ball bouncing around, it's that's hard to teach. That's not yeah. something you teach. That's something that is innate in the way that she has gone about the game since she was a kid, probably. So to say that pitching was as simple as I've got it and I'm going to go out and I'm going to strike out 15 people every game. Um, I wish it was, <laughs> I wish it were that easy. My life would have been a lot easier, but it's, it's something I think at times that she is going just to have to continue. And I'm going to use that word again to mm -hmm. evolve as good as she was and has been to start the season. People are going to continue to get adjustments. People are going to start getting scouting reports on her and watching film and all of these things that each of these teams do to prepare each week. Um, so she's just going to have to continue to to get better every single week. And I, I'm I'm very confident we're going to see that. The only thing that you, you know you take away from her performance against UCLA in, in a negative sense, and it may not be that big of a negative, is well she had a handful of illegal pitches. Well, even with that, she still didn't allow an earned run and had 14 strikeouts. Is that a big deal moving forward, do you think, or, or, or not so much? You know, kind of watching it, I think part of that could be adrenaline, um, just getting, trying at times to do a little bit too much, and I think adrenaline could have played a little bit of a part in it. Um, I'm sure that this is something, watching mechanically and the way that she goes about things, I, I have a feeling from watching the clips, I think they were calling a little bit of a replant on her front foot. Um, I've had that called on me a time or two. Um, <laughs> so luckily they don't give the base anymore, which is great. It's just a ball on the batter, but it's, I think it's something that just to be aware of, I don't think it's something that ne is necessarily a negative, probably more so when she gets back tomorrow or this evening and they get back to practice on Tuesday, getting, a few adjustments, getting back in the bullpen and maybe kind of seeing, okay, what specific pitch is getting called illegal? Is it only on curveball? Is it only on a certain pitch? Um, and kind of seeing where it's coming from and go from there. And she obviously was able to fix it. I always think it's goofy when there's, you know, a couple, this is not a knock on umpires because we all know umpires are great. Yeah, but um, seeing a couple illegal pitches here and there, um, I always think it's amazing that maybe one gets called and then it doesn't really ever get called again. Um, you know, unless it's something kind of out of out of the ordinary, but usually an illegal pitcher does not just magically fix her illegal pitches um, from one from one to the next. So I, I'm confident that it's probably not that big of a deal. And then on Tuesday, kind of just getting back to back to work with Coach Rocha in the in the pen and going from there. The team's going to leave California. And Jordy Ball's probably the biggest story in all of college softball coming out of this weekend. And as mm -hmm. we talked about 
the offense is is incredible. Um, they can hit for average. They can run. Obviously, they can they can hit home. I mean, they can do kind of everything. We know this team has it to repeat. But what do you see as the main challenge from here until the postseason for this team to put themselves in position to win another national championship? When you know it, I know it. We all know it. They even know it. They're they're primed again to to win another national title. Like what what what's the main challenge between here and the postseason? You know, I think it's a long season, and to if I I don't think that we would be alone in people saying if we had to pick who's going to be standing and winning the last game of the season, I think a lot of people OU would be a good safe bet, um, just knowing what they have coming back and the way that they've started the year. But it's a long year, and continuing each week to. You know, I hate to use this word pressure because I don't feel like we see that from this team. But when you have those expectations um, coming off of a national championship, coming in ranked number one, coming off of the very first weekend so far, I mean, this pitching staff hasn't given up an earned run yet. We see Jocelyn Allo in the home run hunt. Um, We have a group of sophomores who put up monster freshman seasons. There's a lot, those those are some big shoes to fill. There's a lot that I think at times it's going to be, we have to make sure that we're living up to that. Um, and just, I think for this team, it's just trying not to press and trusting the process and knowing that if you're going to the field each day, you're preparing the way that you need to, and you're doing everything you can to stay consistent. I just think it's going to be playing within themselves and not trying to do too much, not trying to live up to that hype so much. I think that that's something that we might see as the year goes on. Um, and that can be a lot for a team. So it's going to be, we're going to have to ne- see these seniors really lead and try to keep everybody grounded and and on the same page. I was like every other OU softball fan Saturday night. I was frustrated, mostly because I'm cheap and didn't want to pay $30 for one month to float softball. Okay. Come on, DJ. I like Again, I think OU and UCLA are the two best programs mm-hmm. in the sport right now, right? Yes. And I think softball as an entire sport, not just collegiate softball, I think softball as an entire sport, probably has more momentum behind it than it's ever had before. Mm-hmm. I get TV contracts, but we've got to figure out a way to put an OC, OU and UCLA softball game on a Saturday night when nothing else is going on on TV somewhere. That's just my, I don't know how you feel, but that's just my opinion. Preach Tyler. No, it's, (laughs) I I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, we're seeing a sport that has done so much. I mean, you think about what has happened to college softball over the last decade, Um, you know, with social media and all of the access. I mean, I saw something a couple of weeks ago that OU softball has, I think, one of the most followed and hit on Twitter pages. I mean, we're talking about young women who walk around town and everyone's going, oh, that's Mackenzie Donahue. That's that's so-and-so. I mean, they're, they're not just local celebrities anymore. It, this sport has grown nationwide. It's grown worldwide. And it's a travesty, in my opinion, that a game like that on opening weekend is not on ESPN. It's not on television anywhere for people to watch um that'd be you know opening opening day baseball is such a big deal (laughs) in the major leagues and opening weekend with what's going on in college softball you already said it tyler there's there's no reason that game shouldn't have been on shouldn't have been televised somewhere um especially not for 30 bucks right yeah golly (laughs) i gotta cancel that at the end of the month now right when the game's actually on tv um 
yeah, it's a travesty that that happened yesterday. What isn't a travesty, though, is all the supports that OU is showing right now, um, mm-hmm. including a new stadium. Love Stadium is coming here in a couple of years. As an alum, how awesome is that to see that, I mean, not only is OU really putting money into this program, as are, you know, outside businesses, but OU is about to probably have the nicest facility in all of college softball, along with the the greatest program that's out there right now. It's kind of scary when you think about it, actually. Yeah, you, um, we thought that, I'm sure people around the country are going, because they need more help recruiting, because their recruiting classes aren't good enough. <laughs> yeah. MC, what's going to about to be probably the the best stadium in the country. It's, it. I mean, it gives me pause just because it's so amazing to watch. I remember being in high school and thinking about where I wanted to go to school and remembering the 2000 national championship. Mm-hmm. And Coach Gasso at that time was, I mean, relatively young in her career here at OU and just watching what that has grown into. Um you know, seeing the stadium, you know, kind of the going from Reeves Park across the street to Marita Hines Field now that um, is a great place. And now going to see that next phase and that next step of OU softball. It's just it's going to be something for generations and generations to come. And it's going to be absolutely amazing. So I'm counting the days for for that stadium to open up. It's going to be it's going to be really something to see. Probably especially because you'll be broadcasting a, a game or two once that opens, right? If they keep having me back. So uh, <laughs> one, one can hope. But um, no, I'm excited. It's going to be it's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, before we get you out of here, I want to know what life with DJ Sanchez is is like here recently. What, what have you been doing throughout the offseason? What are you going to be doing? What does life look like for you before we finally get you back in the booth? So um, the Sanchez family had a big, a big... 2021 we welcomed a new little girl to the awesome. to the family so she got here this fall her name is Charlie and awesome. so she we've got a 5 month old and a 10 year old so our son is a competitive gymnast he's um on the US junior national team for gymnastics wow. so yeah so he's we are raising a little girl raising a, a little little gymnast and just doing our thing. So excited for softball season. I'll be back in March when, when OU gets home finally. So um, I'm excited to be back. So there are certain collegiate programs out there and I think it's just football right now that are selling actual jerseys with the names on the back. It's not just some random number. At some point they're going to do it for OU softball because can you imagine the demand of that? Mm -hmm. Um, is there a specific player that maybe your two kids will be getting a, a an OU softball jersey with the name on the back at some point? Um, yes, and I can tell you, um, if they had had these, I will I will tell you. My son, um, I've been so fortunate to be able to stay around the program and um, you know c- continue to see all of these players go through and actually get to know them personally. Yeah. Um, I will say, if they ever, if they had been allowed to do this years ago. My son was the biggest and still is Shane Knighton fan <laughs> you will ever meet. Um, he would have been rocking that Shane Knighton jersey everywhere. We went to the World Series when I was doing radio with Plank yeah. um, at the series this summer. And the first question I got asked, is Shay going to be there? And I go, I don't, I don't, I don't know, buddy. <laughs> so, um, but no, I'm excited um, to kind of see how, 
how it all goes. There's no question that we're going to see um, little girls. We're going to see adults. We're going to see all of these kids walking around in OU softball jerseys. And that's just, it's just a testament to, to everything this program has done and everything, the way the sport's going. It's really awesome to see. Last question for DJ. And if you're listening this in the audio form, you're not going to be able to see her right now. But I have noticed that DJ, it is Super Bowl Sunday, has on a Rams t-shirt. What's what's up with that? You're you're not confusing your loyalties right now. So, okay, I have to tell you this, okay? So I grew okay. up in the St. Louis area. And um, part of this is because we're going to go over and watch the Super Bowl at my mom and dad's house this afternoon. But growing up in the St. Louis area, obviously the St. Louis Rams. Well, when the Rams left St. Louis to go to LA, and this is a true story. My dad and my little brother were so angry that the Rams were leaving. Okay. They took all of their Rams gear and burned it. Wow. And I think this is like the last shirt that made it out of the Mathis household. And I've kept it um, just for this day. And I'm wearing it over there to rub it in my dad's face. (laughs) I love that so much. So, um, And I also, I have a hard time cheering for the Bengals. You know, I can't cheer for an Ohio team that doesn't have Baker Mayfield on it. Exactly. Right. And they're orange and black too. So that makes it even makes it even easier. I I, I lied. One last question. Orange and black made me think of another one. Oklahoma State's top five Mm -hmm. team right now. Um, Saw UCLA. Of course, Bama's going to have Montana Fouts back. uh, Washington with Gabby Plain. I probably just mentioned them all. So sorry about that. But who do you view as maybe the main competitors for a national Mm -hmm. championship this year for OU? You know, I was I was really impressed with Montana Fouts last year. Um, and what she did for Alabama, she, the, the world series didn't end for her. Um, I think the way that, that they would have envisioned, but I was really impressed of all, of all the young pitchers I saw last year, I was so impressed with her and the way that she carried herself. And, um, I really think we're just going to see her come back and be even better. I mean, there were times she was absolutely dominant last year and I think we're going to see an extension of that. So I think Alabama is going to be up there. There you go. She's DJ Sanchez. You can catch her broadcasting some OU softball games this year in 2022, which is always awesome. You and Plank uh, make a great team. I know you've got some great stories about him. I work with the guy every single day, so I'll have to get those from you sometime. DJ, thank you once again for joining Diamond Envy. Thank you. So now you understand why I'm so excited that DJ Sanchez says that uh, she wants to come on on future episodes. If I, if I can get that more often in an interview setting, uh, Diamond Envy, this podcast, will be a lot better because of it. So appreciate DJ. She, she's awesome. And I know a lot of you out there love to listen to her on the radio broadcast with Plank. She's been exceptional for several years. And, uh, yeah, again, just can't wait to talk to her as the year goes on. All right, so let's preview a little bit what we have coming up this weekend in Houston, Texas, the Houston Classic, you got a doubleheader on Friday, McNeese State and Houston, then you'll run it back again on Saturday against McNeese and Houston for another Saturday uh, doubleheader, then you'll close it out Sunday morning against Texas State. We know the number one ranked team in the country is going to be more talented than McNeese State, than Houston, or Texas State, but I still, I think this week offers some challenges Can you, for five games, game in and game out, look exactly like that? Look like the number one team in the country? Because there are going to be situations this year where kind of essentially this team is going to be playing against itself. And that's the challenge. And not that 
Houston's a bad softball team, or these are bad softball teams that OU's going to face this weekend. That that's not that's not the case at all, and I hope it doesn't come across like that. But I think the challenge for this team, and when they're trying to repeat, is having that consistent performance. That game in and game out, doubleheader on Friday, doubleheader on Saturday, every single game, no matter the lineup, you are looking like the best team in softball. I think that that's the challenge that this team has kind of in front of it right now. And again, none of us question that they are certainly, in my mind, the best team in softball right now. Let's just see it be consistent game in and game out. I think that's what this team is working towards. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of Diamond Envy. We're going to have another one this week, another player guest on. Chris Plank's going to join me to maybe get a little bit more in-depth about this Houston Classic coming up this weekend. But excited to see, hey, can Jocelyn Allo break the record? Two more uh, this weekend in California. She's getting closer and closer. I wouldn't put it past her if the uh, record, the all-time home run record, goes down uh, this weekend in Houston. Thank you so much for joining us along this journey. We'll be covering OU softball all season long, uh, all off-season long. This is just episode number two, and I'm already really excited about the potential and what the future looks like and just everything that's going into Diamond Envy right now. So thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Follow me on Twitter at Tyler underscore McComas. If you got some questions that that you want answered, um, if you have any suggestions or topics that you'd like to get into, by all means, I'm always all ears. I, I just I, I love the feedback, and I want to hear uh, what everyone else out, out there has to say. We'll talk to you again later this week right here on Diamond Envy. I'm your host, Tyler McComas. Thanks for listening. Okay.